Are you a busy woman who at times struggles with reducing your daily stress? Do you know that you need to slow down but do not know how? If you're looking at reducing your daily stress, you're in the right place. My name is Denise Eckert and I welcome you to the Calm Your Daily Stress podcast. I just love interviewing guests so they can share their stress-reducing tips and techniques with you. Now, if you find this podcast helpful, please share it with someone who struggles with stress because lowering our stress will make us a better person, a happier partner, mom, friend, neighbor, etc. And the best part is happiness is contagious. Enjoy this episode. Hi there, it's Denise Eckert. I'm the host of Calm Your Daily Stress. And I love coming on here with different ideas, techniques, information to help you lower the daily stress in your life. Because you know what? Living in stress is just not good. And today I've got Nicole Louise Weiner, And she is a business strategist, mentor, and coach, an ex-global investment banker who has worked with hundreds of clients worldwide. She combines practical business skills with a BSc in psychology and a no-BS approach to help her clients build profitable businesses they love. She's a well-respected coach, is an anti-bullying champion, and is passionate about bringing more kindness into business through building communities of support. So welcome, Nicole. Hello. So today, our topic is ADHD. What inspired you to do this type of work? In terms of talking about this, really, I suppose a lot of it is part of my own journey. We were chatting about this just before we came on, and I haven't had a a medical diagnosis, but actually through hearing people share their stories and consuming that content, whether that's articles or journals or Instagram reels or podcast episodes or whatever that is, I started to realize that actually this, it was explaining a lot of what was going on for me and a lot of things that I felt <laughs> shame and guilt for that were going on for me because I was finding them quite hard. So I just want to talk to more people about it so they feel more understood and and less judgy on themselves, I guess, so they can have that big, beautiful life. Now, I know ADHD is very complicated, but could you give us a short description of exactly what it is for our listeners today? Essentially, in medical terms, it's where you have a deficit of dopamine and how your dopamine is produced and expended <laughs> in in your brain. But the way that it shows up for each person can be very different. There's a key set of things, I guess, that diagnosticians look for but I'm not a diagnostician but it's it's really about and and again it it presents very differently for women and men for children adults between boys and girls and obviously there's other genders in there but I'm in terms of medically when we talk about it so it's also important to understand the different ways it shows up for you there's not really like a one and done thing a lot of the time when people talk about it it's to do with what happens to your executive function in the absence of dopamine really now what are the common symptoms that are presented when you do have ADHD there's lots and it can be so many I think more importantly than talking about everybody else's common symptoms I can talk about my own experience which I think is probably a better more ethical place for me to share from so for me one of the things that I am actually really good at is long-term planning and I'm really good at doing this for myself and all that idea generation and 
I'm actually pretty organized. I worked at HSBC for for 10 over 10 years and I organized back end ops. Like, so actually part of it when I'm kind of still discovering, I guess, is like part of that is that organization from masking and a coping point of view? Or is that something that I actually really struggle with? Because you say, what are the common symptoms of it? Organization can be one of them for a lot of people, but it doesn't necessarily have to be organization in the same ways that it, that it is for each person. So for, for example, I really struggle to keep a, a space around me tidy. <laughs> I am not great at cleaning and washing. Unless it feels really urgent. So again, in the absence of a deadline or urgency, my my brain's like, yeah, but that's not important. It's like this whole like now or not now. And it those things that don't make me feel good <laughs> are also much more in the not now camp. Now, before we came on the air, we talked a little bit about the shadows and the shame that can surround ADHD. Can you talk a little bit about that? As human beings, we're always looking for... I've studied psychology, I'm an ICF coach, I'm looking at the mindset side of this as well and how we understand the brain to be. And we're always looking for this confirmation of whether we are in group or out group. So the shoulds and the shame a lot of the time come with, but it's easy for them. Why is it hard for me? That it's it shouldn't therefore feel like this. And actually that means that there's shame and that I don't want to admit that it's hard or ask for help in this because it seems like everyone else finds that part really, really easy. And there's this whole, it's not just about, it is about neurodiversity, but also in in psychology, what we call this is like individual differences. So you can do a study on a hundred people and you still get like the hypothesis is proved by, I don't know, 95% of the participants, but 5% of those participants present individual differences as well as the other 95% of those participants presenting individual differences, but you're not going into the detail of. So it's about the shoulds and the shame a lot of the time are about this in-group outcome. Am I like them? Am I not like them? Are they like me? Am I not like me? And it's an evolutionary thing. I'm self-diagnosed with ADHD. And one of the things I do find is the busy brain. Like I've got so many projects on the go. Sometimes some get done and sometimes they don't. And how do you run a business with that busy brain? Or can you talk about the busy brain a little bit? I think in terms of running a business, it's work learning to work with your brain and not against your brain. So the first part of that is self-awareness. So being able to understand, okay, when this happens for me, it's okay right? We were just talking about like shoulds and shame. There's no shoulds and shame because it's harder for you. There's no shoulds or shame because it's easier for you. Maybe some things are easier for you to do. Creating ideas, thinking about all of those projects, like you can come up, sit there. And then when you're in that hyper-focus, you can, you can get so much done, but actually it's about learning how to manage your energy and how to do the things that work for you rather than worrying about what works for everybody else. It's about celebrating your busy brain. Yes, I get it can be limiting sometimes, but because the overthinking happens and a lot of the time, again, when we look at women versus men, women tend to present and girls tend to present more with an inattentive type, which is your busy brain rather than that hyperactivity externally. So it's about, okay, well, yeah, I, this happens for me. I know I overthink when I haven't done as much as things that bring me dopamine. I know I tend to catastrophize and go to the worst case scenarios when I'm not feeling like my energy's filled up. I know that this happens to me when Y happens or X happens. Like, so it's about learning 
learning more about yourself, I think, in terms of learning how to work with it. And what are some of the steps that you can take to become more aware or create that awareness of your busy brain? So the things that you can do is reflective practice. I'm a big fan of that. So building that into your days or your weeks. If you have ADHD, it may be that you forget to do this if it's not a habit because building habits can be quite hard. But things like setting a reminder on your phone just to sit for five minutes and or two minutes or one minute at the start and drop into your body and be like, okay, what am I feeling? What's going on for me? Again, if that's a trigger for people and they're not great at feeling into their body, journal it out, write it down. What am I, what am I feeling? Talk in, in physical terms, find somebody to speak to about that. Like, and then doing things that give you dopamine and make you happy. So for me, things that might be seemingly simple, I'm also an introvert. So it's mixed in with that too. I like my space. I like sitting on the sofa with the dog and stroking the dog whilst watching a bit of Netflix. I like to nap. I like to walk out in nature. I like to do yoga and meditation. Those are the things that bring me dopamine. I mean, I've got a bad back and bad neck and bad knees and all kinds of other things. So running is really hard for me. But for some people, that could be their thing, right? That brings them that joy. So the things that you can do really depend on, again, it's about getting to know yourself. And I think if you are working with a coach, and a lot of this has come up in stress response, right, as well. It's like these the, the symptoms and the feelings are triggered when you are under more stress. And we are more stressed when we are not looking after ourselves so well generally too. So again, self-awareness, what do I need? And asking yourself that question, I suppose. I love that. And also I love that you start looking for things that give you that joy and centering yourself around that a little bit more. Because I know for myself, when I am experiencing stress, I just spin out of control and absolutely nothing gets done. I'm not productive. I end up creating a bigger mess than I started with, or actually the mess just keeps getting larger. (laughs) But if I take that moment or those couple moments and sit back and just, I'm not a runner either. Actually, I just like sitting outside. And I just go outside for those five minutes and try to stop the brain. Or I try to think of other things. Think of something nice or think of what I'm going to be doing on vacation or think of sitting by the lake or something like that. Just to slow things down. But it's just so hard to do sometimes. What other techniques can we use to slow our busy brain down? One thing that works really well for me and lots of my clients is it's kind of like a bit more of a somatic practice. So it's about breathing. There's lots of different ways that you can do this. There's box breathing. There's the five, four, three, two, one method. There's like loads. There's so many things that we can do. The thing that works for me quite well, because I need those, I need other cues around me to be able to center into my body, especially if I'm in my head. If I'm really in my head, it's hard for me to get into my body. So I need a cue. So I will put one hand. I mean, if you, if you're watching this on where you can see the video, I'll put one hand on my chest and I'll put one hand on my belly and then I will breathe really deeply into my top hand and then push in my bottom hand. Like, so I'm breathing into, into my hands and then breathing out really deeply as well as for as long as you possibly can. And doing that for three to five breaths, you can do that whether you're standing, whether you're sitting, whether you're on the train and that breathing and deep breathing really deeply into your into your hands which also sends messages to our brain that it's safe 
that we are safe and it's okay when we are in that fight flight freeze form response which sits in our amygdala part of our brain we are acting on impulse we're not sitting in the executive function part of our brain which is one of the things that a lot of people with ADHD find quite difficult when it comes to decision making so it's about how to be like okay I'm going to take myself out of this back part of my brain the chimp primate part of the brain as some people call it and move into okay I'm safe here this isn't a, this isn't a near death situation because I'm feeling I've got my my to-do list is too big or I didn't get as many signups as I want to my program or because my website isn't perfect or whatever those other things are that come up and be like okay like yeah I am safe and it sends that message to your brain the other thing that I t- do if it feels like he- very heavy if it feels like a lot is I will say that in my head or out loud as I breathe you're safe you're safe and it's that it's almost it's almost like it's a lot of why ADHD gets misdiagnosed with anxiety and depression especially in women so yeah those techniques are really helpful Just a quick break, because I need to share this with you. In the past, I had a lot of pain in my shoulder, my knees, my ankle, and I know it's from my background of playing baseball, I used to be a carpenter, from driving, and even working on my computer. I tried everything, and still, I'd be on the couch with my heating pad in pain. Well, lately, a friend introduced me to a new product called NutraSwish. Things changed for me. I'm not kidding you, within days, no pain. And now I've been taking it for a few months, and what a difference. NutraSwish is all about glutathione. I didn't even know what glutathione was. Well, you know what? I sure do now. If you are experiencing pain, especially nerve damage, I encourage you to take a look. You can find out more in the show notes or go to www.therelaxationlounge.info and there's a tab above that says pain. Back to the show. Now, I know for myself, I found find having an accountability partner or a coach or a mentor helps me stay on track because I've got that accountability. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, oh my God. Yeah. So <laughs> I said to my mentor and coach, same person, my coach and mentor last week, oh, do you know how much I value this? Because sometimes even though I do this for other people, right, my clients, I strategize with them, I help them do all of this stuff, I create plans, we market, we think about all of these other bits, mindset. When it comes to you, and again, if you're giving your energy to lots of other people, if this is maybe part of your work or your carer maybe for your kids, maybe parents, which a lot of people, especially nowadays, a lot of people are caring for elderly relatives, not just kids. Yeah, having that person who can be like, okay, but not even just from an accountability point of view, but also from helping you to see the alternatives. So when you catastrophize, when you are think, when you're in that ultimate ADHD shit show, you're like, God, I can't get out of this. What's going on? Having someone who is impartial outside of that, who can zoom out for you and be like, okay, what's actually going on here? How do we get here? What are the options we have? Because when you are feeling like you're totally overwhelmed and there's nothing you can do about it, you're focusing on the fact that there's nothing you can do about it. And yes, you can journal. I'm a massive fan of that gratitude practice. 
like I said, dropping down into your body. But this can be really difficult to do on your own, whether you are ADHD or neurotypical, right? This can just be difficult. And especially to acknowledge, and I won't get on too much of a soapbox about this, but as women, the mental load that we carry anyway is massive, is huge. So having somebody else has been game-changing for me. It shortcuts the amount of time that I spend worrying. It spends, it's the time that I know I have dedicated to me as well. It's the time that I have to be like, okay, if this bit feels hard, it's easier to be like, I'm, I can park this for a minute and I can deal with it here rather than being like, actually, where else am I going to take this? And in that space, that's really non-judgmental, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's non-judgmental and it's removed as well. Like you're not part of that circle a flurry that women tend to be an umbrella for. And a lot of times that we worry about the kids, we worry about this, we worry about the household, we worry about this. Plus, then we worry about all the things that we need to worry about. And yeah, we can easily spiral out of control and put ourselves in anxiety, put ourselves in overwhelm. And that's where we get sick. And then we're not good to anybody or definitely not good to ourselves. I used to run an outsourcing business, right? So I've had my business at the time of recording for just over five and a half years. My first business was a VA business that I built like an agency model. So I get what it's like to be on the receiving end of people's overwhelm. (laughs) That's when I was coaching and mentoring a lot of people through that and then went full time with my mentoring and coaching. But it's also about, and I know this again can feel really hard if you have ADHD because it doesn't feel urgent, but actually making a conscious effort to work on your detailing your processes, not just waiting for the point of when you get into it's too much. Because at that point, you don't have the time, capacity or energy to have the conversation and go over it with somebody. You don't have the time, capacity or energy or desire to explain again and again while somebody's getting to know you and you're getting to know them. So it's about actually more like early interventions of outsourcing, for example, if it feels like it's too much and we need to explain to somebody else. If you can feel that creeping, you can feel yourself getting busier. If you're thinking about all of the 15 projects that you might want to start and all this other stuff and all this great stuff, then start to be like, okay, this hyper-focus shows up for most people with ADHD, right? We can get into hyper-focus. Can you get yourself into a hyper-focus state to detail your processes. Could you get lost in that? Could you center into, okay, by doing this, I'm going to feel better. I'm going to have more time. I'm going to make more money. I'm going to do whatever the things are that are driving you and be like, okay, so I'm going to get myself into focus. One thing that really helps me to get into, I mean, my accounts, I hate updating my accounts. When I ran my outsourcing agency, I used to hate if people said to me, can you help us with bookkeeping? I was like, yeah, but... (laughs) I really don't like it is is putting on music that gets me in the zone and one of the things that I've discovered and wasn't I was playing with it you know there's white noise there's brown noise there's pink noise there's all this other stuff actually for me the binaural beats are great like YouTube have free ones Spotify have free playlists that you can listen to and it just helps for me and my brain anyway to kind of center that in if I, if I scroll back like 15 years when I was in employment, if I was trying to do this when I was studying for my psychology degree part-time, I'd do it with garage in and like <laughs> slightly different, a bit more upbeat. But it's just like, how can we go into that internal world when we go into that hyper-focus so that 
if you have got all these things that are coming up that you want to manage, you can think about them beforehand rather than waiting until that crisis point. And then that adds to your stress and your overwhelm, which isn't what we want. Yeah. And it's funny, like even talking about that, I just thought of something like a lot of times when I'm watching even a webinar, for me to pay attention, I have to be doing something else. So a lot of times I will find like a a really stupid game on my phone. So whether I'm playing like checkers or something really stupid or Tetris, but something just to keep that edge off. Because if I'm just sitting there listening, I can't do it. It's too intense. Yeah. And I end up going somewhere else. Like I I can't do that. (laughs) One of the phrases that I love, and I used to be so guilty of, I can still do this now. So I'm not just used to be guilty. I can still be guilty of it. It's like, sitting in front of a TV and playing on my phone, right? So sitting in front of a digital thing and doing another digital thing that helps, which is why stim toys can be great. So fidgets, whether you want them to be visible or not. I I used to do this before I realized I had ADHD. I'd always find a piece of hair. I've got quite long hair. I'd find a piece of hair and I'd twiddle it. under. So if if you can see the video, like it would kind of be like this, but it would be right down underneath where no one could see. So now I have fidget toys on the desk. They're really simple. It's like you can get them. I've got one off Amazon. They're like a little marble in like a mesh type casing and you can just play with the marble just moving around. Again, now if I'm watching TV rather than watching TV and being on my phone, I cross stitch. And the thing that then I've realized, and I can't remember where I heard this, as you probably know, you hear things in so many places, you forget who to credit because there's just so much. You're like, I'm taking all this in, is when my hands are busy, my mind is quiet or quieter so actually if I can cross stitch whilst I'm watching telly great like I can actually pay attention to the tv through that if you can play a game on your phone whilst you're listening to a webinar and that can help it's just and again it's like some people may consider that rude some people may consider that like you're not paying attention but actually it helps you pay attention one of the things that my mentor does when we're, I, I mean, I can't see it when we're on screen, but if we're, when we're in person, she doodled yeah. like the whole page. You would think she was, <laughs> you'd think, you'd think she was taking notes, but they're just scribbles and drawings and random circles, round and round or whatever. Like, but that helps her. She's incredible. Like that helps her to focus. So there's also this part here around whether you are neurodivergent or even if you're not is about understanding that actually people who are doing those things aren't doing them because they don't want to be present in the room with you they're doing them so they can be present in the room with you which then helps us to release as people who need to do that to be present in the room some of that guilt and shame and shoulds you know you at school really what are they teaching us you should be sitting watching the front of the class listening to the teacher that's really difficult for somebody who needs to keep their hands busy to keep their brain quiet to be able to focus yeah well I couldn't do it I'd fall asleep like I remember being in one class and the teacher was so pissed off he's like Denise we're five minutes into the class and I'm snoring it's just I cannot sit there for hours I cannot go to a theater for hours like I I'll go to take the kids to the movies or something I would have to walk back and forth in the back Like I just couldn't sit there and I can't focus that intensely. Like it's just crazy. But I love your fidget ideas because I mean, even crocheting or anything like that, it's almost like you need to take that edge off. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's that inner, it's that movement. I mean, I used to do it a lot. And as I'm talking, I've done it as a demonstration, but you can't see. Like I would, I would twitch my leg, like bounce. And 
since having the fidget toys or other things that are stimulating my mind in different ways so I can focus, I don't do that as much. I don't have as much pain left in my hips mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm not shaking off all this nervous energy. But again, if we lean into that systematic practice, if you are feeling the stress, the overwhelm, which comes with ADHD, comes with life, that actually that's also okay. It's okay if you fidget. It doesn't have to be a physical fidget toy. It could be a stim. It could be something that you do with your hands. It could be something that you, you know, twitch your leg. It could be your toes, your fingers, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, wonderful, Nicole. So we're going to be wrapping this up. So I understand you have a podcast for people to get more information from. Can you talk about that for a little bit? Of course. It's Supercharge Your Business. You can find us on any of the platforms. It's all about different things to do with marketing mindset strategy wonderful and life yeah (laughs) okay so nicole what are your final words to the audience today your final words of wisdom to share i think really what's come up for me in this conversation a lot is around feeling less guilty and shameful yourself and the ways to do that are to understand yourself better and then learn how to communicate that with the people around you which is probably the bit we didn't like, you know, get as much into, but actually it's great to have that level of self-awareness, but to release the shoulds and the woulda, shoulda, woulda, couldas and all of like those things, it's about helping other people to understand what your internal reality is like. And especially if you're a woman, that inattentive type is in the ADHD is in your, in, in your head. It's not in, it's not as physical for you. So making sure that you are communicating that and if you're not sure about how again get support with how to do that coaching can be great accountability talking to friends talking to other people in the neurodiverse community like in how they've managed things yeah wonderful well thank you so much for your time so wherever you're listening or watching this i will be putting nicole's information and you know what if you have a question reach out she's wonderful So thank you so much for listening. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, Nicole. This is such an important topic. And now leaving you a gentle reminder to slow down, enjoy life, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Calm Your Daily Stress podcast. Have you ever wondered what your stress personality is? Are you a self-care goddess or a burnout queen? Well, you can find out by taking my free quiz. You just need to go to www.com stressquiz.info to find out where you rank. Sending you love and peace and I'll see you in the next episode.